Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Wow, look at the VU meter. We seem to be blasting our uh, uh, listeners right out of the uh, studio. I hope nobody was listening with earphones on. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, entirely accidental. Yes. Well, we don't have our music, so that means that we're not in our uh, glamorous uh, studio at uh, Central Michigan University. But we are in a glamorous place anyway. We're at your house, Ralph. We are, and uh, we've got big windows in front of us and uh, unbroken uh, snow across the driveway. Uh, and we're... a little black cat who's trying to eat my donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's uh, one of the wonderful things about being at my house. You get... Uh, you get lots of attention from the cats. Okay, well... Unless you want to have them pay attention to you. And then they ignore you. you. Then they ignore okay. you. That, yeah. Well, and we get attention from your wife, too, and that she makes us coffee and, and picks up donuts. Hey, hey, we don't even have to get our own donuts on uh, the days we're at my house. Yeah, that's great. And uh, our luxurious coffee shop, the, the, the Marathon gas station, doesn't have Robert's Donuts anymore, so... Yeah, they've gone to a very inferior brand, uh, <laughs> which is sealed in cellophane, so you can say, well, it's hygienic and I'm not going to get COVID from it, which you would not likely get anyway. anyway yeah. um, but, you know, it's just not the same as the local <laughs> donut shop. That's true. And the fun thing about uh, uh, that is that the product has uh, the calorie uh, uh, count on the, on the label. And I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago we looked at, we had a, a something or other. It had like 510 calories. Yeah, it was... Uh, a quarter uh, of the daily intake. Daily intake. It was a uh, Gigundo uh, chocolate chip cookie that That's we picked right. up. Yeah. Because that was the only thing less left at the Marathon gas station yeah. uh, in the way of sweets. Yep. Well, we're going to be making some changes in Psychology Takeaway. Well, we're going to keep on with the um, audio uh, Yeah, what podcast. I was going to say is that we're going to make some additions, not, I mean changes, but changes okay. by additions. Yeah, a good point. Um, what we're looking for down the, down the road is to uh, do uh, a video podcast and have it up on YouTube each, yeah, uh, each week. We thought we would try that because uh, we've had some feedback from some of our listeners who say, uh, well, you know, it's all very well to listen to you guys when I'm in the car and so on, but I really would like to uh, to see you. Uh, maybe after the first video, they'll not change I, I, their mind. Yeah, I think that they could change their minds over that one, Ralph. But, uh, yeah. But we're we're responding. We are we're taking up the the challenge here. Yeah, we uh, we like to respond to uh, the feedback you give us. Uh, so okay. that's that's uh, going to be a major response. Uh, we're going to break out the cameras and yep. okay. See what we can do. Yeah. In and the meantime, there is a meantime. There is a meantime. In okay. the meantime, we should get to the uh, the mean or the meat of our uh, our podcast. Well, for today, we we should and we we will. But a few minutes ago, you were talking about a autism exhibit at um, at a museum around here. Yeah, uh, fellow has put it together, and his uh, exhibits. I have I have no idea how he has done this, but. His exhibits are a history of autism. Okay, now, do you remember where this museum is? 
No, I know it's somewhere in the in drivable distance. It's not, uh, you know, halfway across the state, but uh, I cannot remember the city. And, you know, my forgettery is sometimes better than my memory. Yeah, okay. And when I read this uh, article about the museum uh, exhibit, I did not say it out loud or write it down. Okay, now this gets to the mean of the meat of our presentation today, and that is you were going to talk about how people can remember things better, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, I was what I what uh, we're going to talk about is remembering and uh, and listening. Okay. So um, sometimes when you uh, when you listen, uh, kind of, you don't remember. That's because maybe you don't listen and really pay attention to what the other person is saying. Yeah. Now, there's an interesting study uh, about hearing and listening that was done uh, in the University of Basel in Switzerland. Uh, and the researchers were working with mice. Now, one of the things you might say is, what does a mouse have in relation to a person. Well, we've done tons and tons of studies using mouse you know, analogs. You know, yeah, and you know, sometimes we start first basic research with mice, uh, partially at least because mice are cheap, mm -hmm. uh, and then we go to maybe rats, which are a little more clever, and then uh, maybe up to pigs, uh, depending on what the kind of research is. And then eventually we get to human studies. Uh-huh. And it's pretty, pretty interesting that the results that we get with uh, the, the pig model or the ferret or the uh, rat or the mouse uh, holds up usually pretty well with uh, human beings. That is an, a kind of an interesting fact given that, uh, you know, we normally think of mice as those ugly little things that... Uh, live in behind our uh, our uh, flower bin and and or the really cute things that our kids want to buy at the uh, grocery <laughs> store. Let's see, living behind the flower bin, that would be the uh, ground squirrels at our house. <laughs> okay, yeah. We have, our record now is that we have live trapped and released 11 ground squirrels. 11 ground squirrels. Yeah, so, um, and they have not... Uh, re uh, uh, reinserted themselves into the house, so they've learned something. They've learned something. Well, you know, Mark Twain said that uh, a cat who sits on a hot stove will never do that again. Okay. Unfortunately, he will never sit on a cold stove. Either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so go ahead and unpack this uh, study so, from Basel, uh, Switzerland. Okay, so. Um, what they found was they were they were looking at um, auditory uh, events in the brain. Okay. So they were trying to find out what went on in the brain when a mouse heard something. And what they discovered was if a mouse hears something uh, that is not connected with any activity, there's just a sound. Okay. The mouse reacts to it and parts of its brain will light up. Okay. But if the sound is associated with a reward, uh -huh. like food, okay. different, more, 
and in different locations, cells in the mouse's brain become active. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So, this isn't exactly what you've just said, but if a mouse hears just a white noise, some cells light up, but if the mouse pays attention to something that might be important, like meow, right? then they will uh, listen to that. Predator, uh, you know, get away from here kind of uh, stimulus, or uh, the sound of somebody dropping a food pellet into mm -hmm. a cup. Uh, oh, I'm going to get fed. Yes. Okay. So they now have found that, okay, so if you hear, which is the first stimulus, wah, you, know, wah, 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 wah. you just hear something, yeah. you tend not to react to it, not pay attention to it, and maybe not remember it. Sure. But if you hear something that you feel is attached to a reward... Something oh, that's meaningful. Meaningful, mm -hmm. like food or like an aversion thing that says I should get away from the cat. Mm -hmm. um, then more of your brain lights up, more neurons are fired. And so you say, okay, well, there's a difference, a physiological difference between hearing and listening. Okay. Now, we could go back to that article that you saw in the newspaper and... Um, uh, the Basil study looks at um, auditory, but in your case, uh, you read the article. It was a visual stimulus. It was a visual stimulus, and you didn't remember where the museum was because it, at that point, didn't have any meaning. But Well, it didn't have anything that I was going to do with that. Right. Other than say to myself, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that it's interesting to Jim and I because is that we know that people have gone from um, autism, very rare, not many people have it, to now the condition seems to be that uh, about 1 in 36 yeah. are somewhere on the autism spectrum. And that, that's another uh, thing that has changed. We used to think that autism was uh, on or off. Mm -hmm. You either had it or you didn't. And now we know that there are a lot of variations in degrees. Right. So you can get the person who huddles in the corner and rocks, and that's about all yeah. that they do, or a person who is apparently in entirely normal except they keep a grand collection of Disney figures or <laughs> cupcakes or whatever weird thing it might be. Okay, or they're uh, uh, the CEOs of uh, um, major, corporations. major corporations. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when you were talking to me about the Autism Museum, you said, well, we should go over and film that when we're now, now starting to do our video podcasts. Now, if... Two weeks ago, when you read the article, if you had said to yourself, okay, this would be a perfect place for us to go and do a video. First, first video for our YouTube channel. You probably we, would have remembered it. I would have. There's it, no doubt. Because it would have increased the meaning value yeah. of the thing. Okay, so remembering things that are meaningful is a better uh, uh, approach 
than just uh, hoping that you're going to remember something or other that someone yeah, says. Yeah, and you know, we can see this in study type activities uh, when uh, when a student says not just uh, is this going to be on the test <laughs> to the teacher, but says can you give me an example where I'm going to use this in future life? It's going to be on the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the important thing in the short term. Right. But for example, somebody once said to me, you're taking an undergraduate statistics course, are you? And I said, yes, and I'm, I'm really having a wrestling match with it. I'm, I'm not sure that I understand it very well. And this person wisely said, uh, well, you'll understand your undergrad uh, stats course when you do your grad stats course for a master's. Mm -hmm. And you'll understand your master's stats course when you do your stats course for your doctorate. Oh, yeah, and when you do your stat course for your, uh, when you're doing your, your PhD dissertation, that's when it really kicks in. Oh, this is what I was supposed to be supposed learning. to be uh, learning way back in undergraduate stats. Yeah, right. All of a sudden it falls into place. Mm -hmm. So meaning is important for for memory. And uh, we can even tr uh, trick ourselves a little bit and say, well, this is going to be important later on for me to talk to Jim yeah, about. Talk to Jim about it. Or I need to know this because. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have some other t uh, uh, tips or techniques for, uh, well, for memory? writing it down, mm -hmm. as we've said, that, that's always useful. Uh, saying it out loud, uh, that's useful, even to yourself. Right. But telling another person. Mm -hmm. So if you can say, uh, here's something that I read in a book yesterday or read in the newspaper yesterday, and I thought it was interesting because, mm -hmm. and then you tell them the story. Yeah. Now, uh, I think most of our regular auditors will know that Jim's wife is a storyteller. Right. And she says that if you can put something into a story, it helps you remember it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think, for example, of the, the old uh, days before printing, uh, when a lot of the stuff that people knew in terms of legends and history and so on was told to them in the form of a story by bards or... Sure, the oral tradition. Oral tradition. Yeah. And, you know, people said, well, how do the, you know, these bards go from place to place and they, they can tell, you know, a, a story after story, night after night, you know, the... Thousand and One Nights that we talked about in the, the Arabian Tales. That, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, um, I'm going to avoid becoming the uh, the Sultan's mistress by every night I'll tell him a new story. Uh, so Thousand and One Nights later, I'm still spinning out stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some survival value there. Yeah, so that's kind of like we talked about, I think it was last week, we talked about the... Um, a technique of uh, uh, loci, you know, yeah. where um, you can remember things by um, remember auditory things uh, by using visualization. So you might have your house, and uh, you know, you Ralph know your house 
very well. And so you might have a concept in your front porch, you know, uh, a concept in your entryway, and then you come into the room we're now in now, kind of the, the library room, and that you can... Okay, and so you make a, a memory of something that might be a little slippery and hard to remember, but you associate it with, uh, here on my front porch is uh, the concept of mm -hmm. XXX, whatever it is. Yeah. And so then you say, well, I have to remember that. Let me see. That was front porch. Oh, yeah. And it pops into your mind because you make a visual memory that's associated with a abstract memory. Right, right. And so different memory systems can reinforce each other. So if you're going to um, uh, have, oh, um, oh, you're going to go to the store. And so you've written down a list of the items that you are going to pick up. But have you ever forgotten the list? Yes, I have. Okay. <clears throat> do you end up getting pretty much of the, well, easy for me to say, do you end up getting the, the items for the most part? For the most part. There are going to be some that I miss. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, one, of the, one of the things that people who are into home economics will tell you is that uh, go to the store when you're not hungry and take your list and buy what's on your list. Because okay. if I go to the store <laughs> and I don't have my list, I get most of what was on my list, but I also get probably five or ten other things. Six or seven bags of chips, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that sort of thing. Okay. But the, the point here is that if you have taken the time to write out your list, even if you forget it, that somehow has encouraged or enhanced the uh, the, um, the memory trace, if you yeah, would. Yeah. yeah, and many people now who are uh, maybe more tech-savvy than we old guys uh, put their list in their phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of makes sense to me in a way that uh, those same people have their phone with them all the time. All the time, yeah. I, I, I snickered when you said that because I'm thinking of some of the people that uh, that are my clients. Yeah, you could not wrestle that phone away from them. <laughs> they, they might forget their head, but they know yeah, where their phone is. They know where their phone is, yeah. And, I mean, that's in, in great contrast to... Uh, to Jim and I, uh, being old guys from pre-technology, uh, you know, we're always saying to each other, Where's our phone? Where's our phone? <laughs> yeah, do I have my phone with me today? Uh, and, you know, that's the incredulous uh, voice of a, a contemporary saying, You don't have your phone? <laughs> you know, kind of like uh, the 1940s uh, uh Detective, you don't have your fedora hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fedora hats. Now that's uh, we're we're really getting dated at this point. At this right? point, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we took a look at a couple things here, Ralph. That if things are meaningful, we tend to um, remember them. If we repeat things, say them out loud, we tend to remember them. If we put extra effort, like writing things down, we tend to remember. Right. Okay. At least in the short term. And there's some research that suggests that if things are in short-term memory, they 
can get consolidated and go into uh, into long-term memory. And we'll talk more, you know, about that when we uh, are talking about some memory deficits, and that's down the. Uh, the yeah, but one of the things that uh, goes along with that getting things into long-term memory is uh, that happens when you sleep. Mm -hmm. If you're chronically sleep deprived, if you're getting five hours uh, of sleep every night, uh, memory tends to kind of not be as strong as it was. Yeah, good, good point. Well, until next week, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, keep, keep your stick, stick on, on the ice, because we're, we're all in this together. together.